Welcome to Hispanic Marketing and Public Relations, HispanicNPR.com. This is Elena DelVal, and my guests are Antonio and Noah Otalvaro from Barrio 305. Today we will discuss how to reach Latino youth online and Barrio305.com. Antonio Otalvaro, a graduate of the Pratt Institute in New York, is the chief creative officer and producer for Barrio 305. Following his graduation, he worked as a freelance editorial illustrator and as a creative assistant at McCann Erickson and DMB&B. His most notable work as an illustrator was a highly prestigious commission to showcase the Advertising Club of New York's Andy Awards Annual in 1996. In that same period, his work as a designer was also recognized when he was selected to participate in the Art Directors Club first ever exhibition of New York's Most Wanted Young Guns exhibit. Following these accomplishments, he was invited to contribute as a conceptual artist at Fabrica, the Benetton think tank in Italy. Antonio worked directly under Oliveiro Toscani, the individual responsible for Benetton's controversial campaigns throughout the 1980s and 1990s. While at Fabrica, Antonio developed communication strategies for entities such as Greenpeace and the United Nations. Following his residency at Fabrica, he was offered the highly coveted position of creative editor, a combination of editor-in-chief and creative director, for Benetton's Colors magazine. At the time, the color circulation was 400,000, with distribution in 75 countries, and it was produced in eight different languages. Upon his return to the United States, he made the switch from print media to digital media when he joined his brother at Wall Street Electronica to lead the design team and develop marketing strategies for the online broker-dealer. Noah Otalvaro leads the business development, information technology, and marketing strategies for Barrio 305. He's one of the founding members of Wall Street Electronica, an online broker-dealer that is privately held and has been ranked among the top online brokers by Barron's for the past 10 years. He was responsible for the development and implementation of Wall Street Electronica's IT infrastructure, managing the data center operations, network design, and connectivity, and development of the firm's proprietary online trading platform. He also led business development and marketing initiatives for the firm. Noah graduated from Boston College in 1991 with a degree in psychology. Antonio and Noah, welcome. Hi. There's a lot of excitement. There's a great buzz going on out there about Barrio 305. Would one of you tell us what exactly is Barrio 305? Essentially, Barrio 305 is a um, is a, Barrio 305 produces original programming that uh, appeals to the Latino youth segment here in the U.S. Our distribution outlets are through a variety of uh, com- a combination of basically broadband video, mobile video, um, and uh, eventually in talks for um, traditional cable syndication, radio, so on and so forth. What kind of program is it? What kind of programming, rather, is it? We're uh, the original programming that we produced uh, covers. It's basically lifestyles programming, and right now there is a very um, 
there, there's a strong emphasis in what's going on, particularly in the music that appeals to the urban Latino youth culture, uh, more specifically, reggaeton and urban Latin hip-hop. That, that has become a very big part of our programming in the last few months. However, um, our, our area of, of uh, focus has been and always um, um, will be the, uh, the general lifestyles programming area, which includes you know, import tuners, street legal racing, aftermarket car modifications, uh, gaming, music, uh, which is what a lot of people know us for, and, um, you know, models, urban fashion, so on and so forth. You provide online and mobile programming with all of the coverage, if you will, editorial coverage for all of these areas. Is that right? Yes. Who is your target audience? The Latino youth segment. Mostly uh, third-generation U.S.-based uh, English-dominant Latinos here. What age groups would you say? 14 to 30. If they're reaching you online or via their mobile phones, they're technology-oriented. Well, they're reaching us online because that's, uh, especially when you go down into the 14 to 23 range, um, that's a lot of the primary markets are through what we might call alternative forms of distribution, but for them it's really a primary uh, form of distribution because they're just they're they're just not so interested in passive entertainment such as what mass media was providing. And on top of that, mass media has been extremely slow to respond and to serve this market properly. Um, so they have actively gone out to search it in other areas. Jumping on the internet is something that they've just you know, they've essentially grown up with it. So for them, programming, uh, finding the kind of program that they're finding uh, through the outlets that we're using is just, uh, it's just a natural, it's just a natural step. What is the gender breakdown? It would pretty much go half and half right now. Um, you know, the what's going on in the music side of things basically a, a appeals to the entire segment, um, but then depending on the type of outside of the music arena, the other areas of programming, such as uh, the aftermarket car modifications, import tuners, uh, street legal racing, that obviously appeals more to the guys. Um, the, um, uh, some of the more in-depth interviews that we're doing with the artists, um, uh, where we actually present in the, in the artists outside of the light that you normally see them in, in music videos. Um, and this is really one of the very few, uh, first few times that uh, these artists are getting coverage like this um, through, through these types of media. That kind of programming appeals more to our female audience. Um, gaming is basically that, that that's very uh, general, both male and female. So it, it really is, um, it, you know, because of the, uh, the, the diversity and program that, uh, that we're creating, it, it, you know, we, we basically um, find something for everybody. You talked about passive entertainment a moment ago. What is that and how is what you're offering different from passive entertainment? Well, the passive entertainment, when I say that, it's, it's basically what, you know, what's going on in mass media through the traditional cable um, outlets where, you know, they, you, you're just, you're confined to the television set and you have to take what they have to offer and that's it. There is no choice about it. Um, broadband video, mobile content, so on and so forth, has totally changed that li- landscape and it's allowed um, uh, 
programmers of original content such as us to come into the field and address the market and create the program and deliver the programming that this audience really wants. It's, it's, it's about delivering the programming that the larger uh, media outlets were just too slow um, to, to deliver, um, so the, the audience has gone online to find it. So they are actively searching it out, and they get it when they want it, how they want it, and where, you know, they, and where they want it. They don't, they no longer have to sit around and wait for it to come on at 8.30. You know what? Uh, all our stuff that's available online is on demand. They get it when they want it. And that's, um, that's, a, that's a very important point to, to emphasize is that our primary market is not network television, is not radio, and is not print. Our primary market is, uh, is broadband video. And what's happening with broadband video today is really starting to change that landscape. There's a lot of enabling technologies that allow publishers like us to stream video on the internet and on the internet today that makes it affordable, makes it easy, and makes the quality uh, of the experience uh, acceptable. Uh, and most of the younger generation have grown up in front of their computers, so for them to watch video on a computer or on a laptop is, second, is, is, is easily done, whereas the older generation, since they did not grow up with video, they're not going to, they're likely to watch video on computers. However, our demographic is our primary market in that arena. For those who are unfamiliar with the technology, this would be the closest parallel that we could draw, if I'm understanding correctly, would be similar to a DVR recording where you can record the programming off your television set and then you can play it back at your convenience at the time of your choosing. Well, there's that and there's also video on demand. Uh, so that's, that's available by the cable companies. So if, if, if the audience is familiar with video demand programming on cable, this is the same thing where, yes, they have on our website, anybody can select any clip from our complete library and watch it at any time. Is there any cost attached for the viewer? Do they have to pay any kind of subscription? Uh, no, there isn't, because uh, our model is advertiser-driven, sponsor-driven, uh, and so forth. We offer our programming for free. It's not subscription-based. Can you tell us a little bit more about the broadband video concept? How is broadband video different exactly, for example, from video on demand? Well, video, traditional video on demand is a service that the cable company provides. So if you have Comcast, Atlantic Broadband, whichever provider, there is usually a section there where with the menu, with, with the channel, uh, you could select it, uh, not the traditional channels, but there's a section there where you could select movies, for example. That's a big thing with video on demand, where you could watch movies and either pay for them or they have some movies for free. So that's what's commonly known as video on demand. And then broadband video is basically watching video on the Internet. And the, the, uh, the, the developments that have happened recently have been with Flash and a company known as Brico, which is our provider that has been uh, 
that has given us the technology to stream video. Uh, so Flash, uh, just recently, with last year, there's a new upgrade to that. And you know, not to get too technical, but last year Flash uh, came up with a new technology of which uh, is a, included in the Flash Player version eight, and that uh, has allowed uh, video to be cleaner, to have a better quality, to stream better. And within the last few months, there's been an increase of videos being uh, being viewed on Flash. So this is why it would, it would be called, or this is why it's called, broadband video, because it's video that you are able to watch on your computer using broadband technology to access the That's video. That's correct. Yeah, there's a couple of things that have also happened is because Broadband internet, a high-speed internet, or you know, a cable, cable high-speed, uh, because that has penetrated a large uh, percentage of the households in America, uh, and and uh, there's a percentage that have broadband uh, internet. That's one of the key uh, uh, things that you need to watch video. How long has this been available on a wide scale? It's actually it's we're it's still in the very um, early stages of the game. As far as um, you know, if if you take a look at what's um, if, if you take a look at what's going on online and who's putting video up, uh, there's there's a lot of services now where you can basically upload video onto. And this, these are like Noah was saying, these are all very recent developments um, that have uh, started to happen in the last few months. As far as, you know, how organized the structures are or um, people that have been able to actually create create a rich user experience um, where, you know, when you find them online, you know, you can actually go through the content that they have available. Um, that is, you know, there are very few players in the game that are doing this. But within the next year, you're going to start to see more and more uh, what you know, what are often called broadband video channels, starting to sprout up uh, all over the place. But right now, you know, you'll see people have put like one or two video clips on there. Um, some organizations actually have entire channels up, you know, with content playlists and so on and so forth, which is actually something that you'd see on Body 305. So you, you, within the next year, you're going to start seeing much more um, elaborate platforms um, such as that. You talked about enabling technology a few minutes ago. What were you referring to? The, the enabling technology is a company, is the technology that a company such as Brico provides to us. We as a publisher do not own the technology. We use a company like Brico that provides us with the ability to upload our videos and stream our videos, and they are the ones that uh, actually do the hosting and stream the video. Uh, so there, that's what that's what we mean by the enabler is, is, is in that sense. In terms of the viewer, what technology does the viewer have to have and what kind of costs are associated? I understand they don't have to pay you to to watch your videos, but obviously they have to have some minimum computer and technology capabilities in order to access the videos, right? 
Yes. Well, it's mainly the computer, uh, you know, even a Pentium 3 will do. Uh, the, the more important part that we would need is to upgrade their player, their Flash player, to version 8. That's really the key because uh, Flash version 8 is the technology that enables you to watch our videos. And um, the uh, there was one thing that we talked about, Elena, um, about the Flash. How available is that? Is that widespread? Do a lot of people have that technology? Well, it's really, um, it's uh, if we begin to start referring uh, to it as, as a technology that you have, it's really it's really not as complicated as it sounds at the end of the day. It's, it's just similar to having, um, you know, the basic, you know, the, the basic uh, plug-in set up on your browser so that you can browse the Internet. Essentially, um, so it's not that complicated. And as far as the barriers to entry, as far as having access to this kind of content, um, one of the areas that we talked about is broadband video. But outside of that, if uh, you know, we understand yes, there are costs for computers and for um, high-speed internet access. But you know, there are lesser costs in the in the uh, mobile uh, in the wireless mobile video arena. Um, and these devices are prepared to start receiving all sorts of rich media. That there, uh, you know, those, you know, those are those tools are not all that expensive, and more people are going to have um, these devices as well. So it's it's important to point that up because we're not producing programming that that only a certain few people can afford to obtain. We, you know. We start at producing the programming that appeals to to a very specific segment of the population, and then from there, once we've produced our programming, we look at all the forms of distribution and we figure out how to get it, how to get it out there in as, in as many different ways as possible. How safe is it, for example, for <clears throat> for people who are concerned about viruses and uploading new technology into their systems? How safe well, is flash- Flash is uh, Macromedia Corporation, and Macromedia is owned by Adobe Corporation. So uh, when when the user is prompted to upgrade to Flash Player 8, uh, that uh, they can feel comfortable that by installing Flash Player, because Macromedia and Adobe are well-known companies, they're not going to be downloading a virus. Yeah, essentially, um, just to quickly describe Flash in a nutshell, any, anything that you see on online in terms of those uh, more animated banners and so on and so forth, that's Flash. It's, it's not uh, it's not a very complicated um, uh, utility or plugin that needs to be installed into a browser. It's essentially anybody who's used the internet in the last year has experienced um, either a Flash banner ad or a Flash, uh, you know, some sort of Flash advertising. And there's no spyware attached to that, no. correct? No, it's it's a standard, uh, you know, it's it's a standard. Um, but but the key is is installing it when they're prompted because if, if one is not installed, then it doesn't work. Now the other option that you mentioned is that it can also be the videos can also be accessed through mobile phones. Did I understand correctly? Yeah. How does that work? Uh, there's different. Uh, you're going to need a phone that uh, is uh, multimedia equipped. Uh, so 
selling out there are coming with that technology. And then that will be up to the, uh, the wireless provider to stream uh, that video. Uh, right now we are working uh, with a couple of providers to provide the Body 305 programming on their network, and that will be announced shortly. And is that something that cell phone owners have to subscribe to, or does that come in as a free service? How does that work? Uh, different, different wireless carriers uh, will have different models. Some of them will uh, have it as a subscription-based service, uh, and others will, will include it in a package. So that's not uh, – it really depends on the wireless provider. Okay. Let's talk a little bit more about the content itself. What – if you can expand a little bit about – the, the music videos and the interviews, the gaming, the um, after, how is it called? Aftermarket car modification. Thank you. Okay. Okay, are you familiar with the aftermarket? That's, um, are you familiar with the movie Fast and the Furious? I'm afraid not. Okay. It's, um, that's usually our general point of reference. <laughs> Okay. Um, well, it's fine. Well, you know the um, the uh, tricked out uh, the like the tricked out cars that uh, teenagers will often do. Well, they'll take a Honda and basically just completely modify it, custom, highly customize it to their own uh, liking. Sure. Okay. So essentially, that's you know that's a very big part of our programming, and that's because um, in in that one particular age group um, and that market. Um, you know, tricking, you know, the uh, import tuners and um, pimping out your rides like that is a very big part of the culture. The programming appeals them because we got, we travel all over the country to the different car shows. We document uh, the different cars that are out there. We do, we do details of it and so on and so forth. And the reason it appeals to, um, to the viewer is because it gives them an opportunity to take a look at how other people are customizing their cars and it gives them ideas, so on and so forth. As far as what's going on in the music, obviously, you know, it's not a secret that in the, what's happened in the last two years with um, with reggaeton uh, is just, you know, it's just blown up, and the, the resonance that it has, you know, that it has with this particular audience um, has made the music a very important act anchor in uh, in our programming and our and basically us uh, presenting ourselves as a uh, media alternative to. Um, uh, to what basically mass media hasn't been doing. So, as far as um, what's going on, I guess on, you know, we've been covering for we've been covering it for a while now, and that type of coverage includes uh, covering the events, uh, doing interviews with the artists when the artists are in town if they're dropping a CD, along with uh, you know the big outlets like such as uh, Univision and Telemundo. Barrio 305 is one of their stops, so they come by our studios. We do interviews with them promoting their new CDs or the, the new videos that they're uh, releasing, um, and so on and so forth. So that there covers that there covers um, what uh, how we're covering the music industry um, uh, along the lines uh, along the lines of our programming in the future is uh, gaming. Gaming is a very big part of. Uh, of um, not just the Latino youth culture, basically youth culture all around. So you know that's that's going to be you know that that's going to be a whole other area that um, that will help us uh, bring in a um, another audience. And obviously the the work that we're doing 
as far as um, uh, dancers and Latina models that are involved in the reggaeton scene. You know, because one thing is the thing, one thing is the artist, but another big part of it uh, is the whole is the dance culture and the Latina models that you see in the videos. So we do a lot of coverage surrounding them. So at the end of the day, you see, it's it's really just lifestyles programming. Talking to uh, uh, urban artists that that do graffiti, you know, to, for urban fashions, graffiti on caps, graffiti on on sneakers, on T-shirts. Um, uh, you know, it's it, when people come to Body Zero Five, they come to us because mass media didn't address what was going on properly. They they could not create programming that appeals to this audience, and especially they were extremely slow to respond to what was going on in Degaton. So they actively seek out programming, you know interviews, so on and so forth, about what's going on in the reggaeton industry. But when they get to Body Zero Five, you see that there's a whole breadth of programming that that appeals to you. You, know, you have cars, gaming, like, you know, models, uh, urban fashion, graffiti. It's, it's basically, you know, it's, when, they get, when they get there, they can identify with it because it's, it, 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 it's lifestyle programs that is a mirror of their lives. Why Barrio 305? What does that stand for? But 305 is, um, well, 305 is the area code of Miami. Um, area codes are very hip right now in uh, basically urban culture. 305 was the first one to come out in that trend. Others, not, then others were, were quick to copy, but not all of them are doing area codes. Atlanta's, Atlanta is obviously ATL, and, you know, uh, Chicago would be shy. Um, you have NYC. So 305 was the first of all of those. But more importantly than, than that, it's really about Miami being the backdrop um, for, for what we're creating because it, it, it presents a very, very unique aspect for um, or it, it, it holds a very unique position in the uh, world of Latino media. Um, as far as music is concerned, programming, and so on and so forth. Then on top of that, it's, it's, uh, it's geographic location in terms of it being so central to New York, L.A., all of South America. At the end of the day, it's the northernmost city uh, for, for Latin America, and, and the programming that we create from here you know, can, uh, you know, can appeal to uh, Latino audiences, not just in the U.S., but obviously also in uh, Latin America. How did you decide? I mean, you were both doing very well, each in your own area. You were very successful. How did you decide? Why did you decide to to start this Barrio 305 venture? Well, this has always been, uh, you know, this uh, <laughs> the evolution of this is actually goes back many years as far as the literal name and so on and so forth. Um, it actually being called by it. That's that's yeah, only within the last year. But uh, Noah and I have always worked on. Uh, we we're just constantly exploring uh, new new forms of communication and publishing online. We're obviously obviously still very involved in the, with uh, the broker dealer, but not every new. Uh, publishing platform that goes out there can you know can be used in, on the broker dealer side of things. But since we're constantly in the area of research and development for this area, um, we also have our other passions. And you know this is just another execution. It's another way to channel um, our creative sides and you know just our other interests. While you know we make use of uh, things that we're just constantly 
uh, researching out there online. And, and more importantly, uh, the emergence of broadband video on the Internet is going to be huge. It's really going to revolutionize the way people watch television. And that's coming. It's, it's, it's only a matter of time. But uh, it's, we're, we're already there, and uh, you're going to see more and more of that. And what that translates to is less and le there's going to be less viewers watching cable television uh, and more users watching uh, broadband video. That's a reality today. We're and starting to see that already, right? Yes, we are. And that also touches on um, your question earlier regarding how does VOD differ from broadband video. For instance, on uh, on my uh, cable system at home, uh, the, my VOD, uh, I have access to, what, four or five movies, um, none of which I'm interested in watching. Um, broadband video is about, is about um, creating programming um, and finding your audience. You know, you can actually hone in on something that actually resonates with people, something that people care about, and that has been... Uh, that has been a very important part of um, of uh, the rapid growth in Vita 305 um, because we actually were putting programming out there. You know, we, we, we weren't waiting for these companies to go ahead and say, okay, this is good enough to get out there, you know. We saw what was going on in broadband video. We knew that it was no longer just that we knew that you could actually create a rich user experience, and we went out and we put our stuff online um, using companies like Brightcove, and, uh, you know, it's... It, you know, the audience has responded extremely favorably. Would you share a little bit more about that with us? What size of the market are you looking at? So if we take the universe of the Latino market, the U.S. Latino market, and assume for purposes of this discussion that it's about 44 million people, what percentage of that market are you seeking? Well, it would be the youth segment within that market, and uh, generally, what uh, the media that appealed to, or the media that was served to this market traditionally, was only done by a couple of outlets, and because they were the only outlets, you could essentially say, "Here, this is the programming, and that's what you're going to take, and that's it." You know, no ifs or buts about it, because you know there really are no other distribution points. Broadband video has changed it, has changed that landscape. It's allowed uh, people like us that basically knew. That uh, you know there are there are groups out there with uh, very specific interests that are highly underserved. So we went out and we put it. Uh, we you know we went out and we put it out there. Um, it's as far as um, that number. It's really the the youth segment in there that um, that 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 that, that uh, responds to what's going on in Degaton. And the other interesting thing about what's going on in Degaton is. In this market, it's a much broader market than it traditionally has been, as far as music is concerned, because uh, it's really the first time in a very long time where you've had this cross-regional impact, where you know, where uh, Mexicans, Argent Argentinos, uh, Colombianos, uh, so on and so forth, Miami, you know, it, it responds, it resonates with with uh, you know people from all sorts of different backgrounds, as opposed. To, um, as opposed to what was going on uh, in the Latin music before. So it, it is a much broader market uh, in, in terms of uh, that youth segment right now. What are your plans to make this a profitable venture? Because obviously this is a business. 
Yeah, well, that's how we're doing it is uh, uh, through uh, sponsors, uh, through uh, the type of programming that we do. Uh, it's uh, advertiser-driven uh, and, and these types of uh, other types of innovative uh, marketing strategies. So if somebody in our audience is listening to you today and they're interested in reaching Latino youth, what opportunities can you offer them? Well, this is a great platform for advertisers, first of all, because you, unless you're doing research for some studies or so on and so forth, there's only one reason you would actually seek something out online and actually click on a video clip. So really the fact that uh, that's the great thing about broadband video is we're no longer talking about um, you know, banner ads and so, on and so on and so forth. We're talking about full motion video ads that will be seen by the market that you want, that you're going after. That's, you know, advertisers are in a very, you know, they, they, they've got, a, they've got they're, they're in a great position now because essentially, you know, they say, all right, I want to speak to Latino youth. I have this. This is my product. How do I, how do I, um, how do I find them? It's no longer in traditional media. You know, you buy something. The the show tells you they've reached 10 million households. How many of those people are actually watching? So, all right, yeah, you reach 10 million households. That's that's like us saying, all right, yeah, we reached 2 billion households just because everybody has the internet. No, nowadays the publishers are are accountable, and we can provide reports. We can tell how many people have watched this, so on and so forth. You know, you couldn't do that before. So, it's in terms of uh, in terms of um, inventory that can be made available to advertisers, it's a very, very exciting place to be right now, both for publishers and for advertisers. How can you tell how many people have watched? That's all reporting. Reporting that we have, um, you know, we it's you know it's just all sorts of uh, log analysis, and you know those types of the, the concept of log analysis has been around, you know, with the internet for a long time, um, but we can do it in video now. Also, we can see. How, who watched what clips, so on and so forth. How, you know, how many times these, these clips have been watched? What's the average viewing time? Um, and then the, the inventory, the, the advertiser gets to have their 10, 10, 15 second, um, ad, full motion video ad before these clips are downloaded. If somebody's clicking on a, uh, on a Julio Voltio clip, most likely, you know, we can, you know, we can figure out what the demographic is and, uh, what are, you know, what kind of advertisers would be interested in somebody that is specifically going onto the Internet to find this kind of content. For those of us who don't know, who is Julio Voltio? Okay, Julio Voltio. Well, he's, he's one of the biggest names in reggaeton right now. Tell us a little bit more, if you would, about reggaeton. What is reggaeton? Everybody's talking about it, but what is it? Essentially, it's been, it's, it's been around for over a decade um, and obviously what's going on in the last year, uh, last year, last two years, um, it just basically put it on the map. Um, and like I was telling you earlier, it's really the first time in a very long time that you've had something that has had such a cross-regional impact, uh, cross-regional impact, um, basically no questions asked. You know, it, it has resonated with the entire uh, urban Latino youth Segment, and that's why it is a very important. Uh, it's a very important part of music culture, um, not just Latino, but urban Latino youth culture. Now you also, see hip hop artists. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. The hip hop industry is now getting involved in this. There are collaborations. Uh, 
you know, three six mafias in there. Um, so is this is this hip hop? Well, it's collaborations, and see, more importantly, that that the audience uh, uh, would you know, to, to get to understand what's happening with reggaeton that's relevant to the audience is that for the first time, reggaeton has crossed over all the the complete Latino population uh, from. Argentinians, Mexicans, uh, Puerto Ricans, reggaeton is the music genre that everybody can relate to. For example, Daddy Yankee is popular in Mexico, Brazil, all over the world. And that didn't happen before. Before, you know, Mexico, they, they had different a, a different style. In Puerto Rico, there was a different music style. So, you know, whatever artists were popular in Puerto Rico you know, five, ten years ago weren't popular in Mexico. So what that means is by having programming or the residents that we uh, that we attract, it's that whole Latino audience that uh, we can deliver. And that's a really important thing to, to grasp as far as what's happening with reggaeton. And then to add to your comment as far as hip-hop or the new collaboration with 3-6 Mafia is that now – the reggaeton artists are starting to collaborate with hip-hop artists. So now that's crossing over in the general market, like the U.S. and so forth. So it's really a movement, you know, it's really something that's, uh, that's, that's growing and growing, uh, and uh, it's just the beginning of that. What is reggaeton, though? Is it reggae? Is it reggae in Spanish? It's really a combination of... Um, of a lot of the things you just mentioned, plus what's going on in uh, hip-hop culture. Um, tropical has been thrown into the mix as well. Um, you know, a lot a lot of those terms. Uh, you know, it really it really is its own sound. I mean, you could, you know, you could just, this urban, tropical, you want to throw reggaeton in, uh, you want to throw reggae in there, you, you want to mention uh, some of the roots of dance hall. It's, uh, you know, it has uh, a lot of those roots in there. And if you really wanna, if you really wanna trace it back to um, uh, one of the artists that really popularized it in its early days, over ten years ago, that would be El General, who was actually coming out of Panama, with Puntun Mani Mani. You know, that was, you know, those were the very, very early days, and that actually, um, that actually was a hit here in Miami. I'm not exactly sure uh, if it actually. Um, where else uh, outside of Miami in the U.S. it appealed, obviously, in the major uh, Latino markets like New York and so on and so forth. But as far as it reaching markets in Atlanta or something, I don't I don't think it did. Nowadays, what's going on is that's not the case. I mean, you're reaching markets in Belgium. You know, it's, it, you know, it, it, it has had a, a – it's the – actually, going back to the, its uh, – Early days, over 10 years ago, you had an artist named El General uh, from Panama. He put out, his track was called uh, Puntun Mani Mani. Huge track, made it, it had tremendous success here in Miami, um, and most likely in some of the other uh, markets in the U.S. that also have a large Latino population. Uh, it has been around for over 10 years, predominantly in Puerto Rico. Huge in Puerto Rico, but it didn't really cross over or have its effect in the U.S. until about last year. And obviously, like the big the big name there is Daddy Yankee and his gasolina. At that point, 
I obviously had a tremendous amount of, um, uh, it, it was basically a, uh, you know, it was a tidal wave effect, what happened there. It, 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 it put it on the map, the, the music that had been, uh, had been fine-tuning for so long, and it finally got it, uh, you know, it finally had its day. Um, it, it, it was brought out to the forefront. Um, they had radio stations that were dedicated to it, and the reason why is because uh, the Latino youth uh, culture here in the U.S. and basically uh, and all throughout South America now had a product that uh, they could identify with, that they liked uh, cross regionally, and that they liked all you know across the board. Um, it's important because you, you know you've heard it all the time. It's a very highly sought after segment of the population, and for years everybody has known that, but nobody has been able to figure out how to particularly address this market or how to speak to them. And a lot of it has to do because you know people think that you, it, it was a one size fits all. You know you could just give them whatever, but that wasn't the case. Now there is something that has broken down all of those barriers, um, and there is a common theme there. And you know, in, in you know, taking that concept into into effect, now there is a vehicle by which to uh, you can actually begin to address this segment um, for advertisers or for programmers, uh, content producers, so on and so forth. This has become, if I understand correctly, sort of the universal language that transcends culture within the different Latino market segments and within that, the youth groups. Yeah, that it, it transcends the regions, yeah. It's cross-regional, and that's why it, um, that's why it has been uh, so important. And so this is at the core of your lifestyle programming is the reggaeton movement. It starts with the music, and then from there um, you begin to see the whole lifestyle aspect of it that begins to take shape. You talked about dancers and Latina models. What's that all about? Uh, it's the same thing that the artists, it's the same thing uh, that uh, the male artists are, but, you know, it's, you know, along with music comes dancing, and that's a very important part of uh, the culture. So, you know, that's just another aspect of the programming that we provide. You know, well, not only do we interview artists, we also interview the dancers that uh, that are on tour. Um, but we also, um, you know, cover cover the uh, Latina models that uh, that are involved in the scene. And your programming is all in English, right? No, no, it's actually a combination of English and Spanish, or you might want to call it Spanglish. That has also been extremely popular with our audience because you know sometimes they switch back and forth and. You don't know when. If somebody is listening to this conversation and they are interested in proposing ideas and sending you press releases or video news releases, what kind of content are you looking for and how can they reach you to share that idea with you? Um, well, are you... You're looking for contact info, like an email address, contact info for that? Sure, and, okay. and even before that, a what kind of content are you looking for? Because, of course, you have editorial content and you have advertising. Mm -hmm. What, if any, or do you, do you welcome any editorial submissions? Oh, yes, absolutely. Well, not only do we welcome that, one of the areas that we haven't even spoken about is um, what we're doing with our social network. Um, and I don't know if you've had a chance to look at that, but, you know, it's, you know, 
we're, we're um, the way we're working as a media company is uh, we do provide our original programming. We have that, but we're also we also like to get the members of our audience involved, and that's through their user-generated content. We support uh, independent artists um, through our through our social network. They they upload all their music on there, and it's a great place for people to get involved to contribute because Vita 305. Vita 305, you know, has a presence within this one particular segment. So if you're an independent artist, if you're an independent reggaetonero or, Latin, uh, or a Latin hip-hop artist and you're looking to upload your music onto a different site, well, there are some, you know, there are other social networks out there, but they don't, they, they, they might not necessarily be able to provide you with an audience that specifically cares about the kind of music you're producing. For instance, you can get thrown in there with everyone else, rock and roll artists, uh, country, so on and so forth. People come to Bite 305 for one reason. And if you're an artist and you're looking to promote yourself, you know, that's the kind of place where that's the kind of social network that you want to be involved in. But it's not just uh, artists. It's, uh, you know, the, our social network is really uh, the, the perfect um, uh, reflection of who, who uh, would be interested in visiting uh, Bite 305. Um, so that's when I said, and as far as like the kinds of stories that we produce on our uh, editorial program, it, it's really uh, that we, we do event coverage. Um, uh, we received an email the other day about, say, uh, it was um, you, if you, the, on, the, on the lines of an art gallery opening, and you wouldn't think Fighter 305 would go to an art gallery opening, but when they told us what it was, it's, it's uh, a group of artists that are going to be spray painting some of their tagged in the gallery uh, walls. Obviously, the whole thing is uh, you know, being done in accordance to the gallery's policies, but that is, so something like that would appeal to uh, to us as programmers, because we know everybody would love to see that, and yeah, so, you know, we cover, you know, we would love to cover uh, an event like that. Uh, as far as uh, film is concerned, you know, a lot of people didn't think that we covered that, but, uh, you know, Fader Films approached us because uh, they were releasing their movie On the Outs about three Latina girls uh, and their struggles about growing up in different urban centers throughout the U.S. So it's really it's really uh, anything that would appeal to uh, the Latino youth segment as far as events are concerned or releases, you know, we, you know we'd love to hear about it because... You know, there's uh, we have an audience. We we've got uh, we've we have an audience that, that deeply cares about this kind of programming, and we can deliver it. So, you know, they can send anything to editors at bodyo305.com. Send all your press releases there. Is that editor or editors? Editors with an S. What suggestions would you share with our listeners? who are eager to understand this part of the Latino market, which is so important. And what would you say would be the first step for them to get started? I'd say, you know what, <laughs> you got to get involved in the community if you really want to understand, because that's been the big mistake. Everybody thinks you can just read uh, research reports and understand what's happening. No, you have to get involved. And that's the only way you're going to, that's the only way you're going to be able to understand what's going on. You know, it's, it's you know you have to yeah your your actions have to be extremely sincere. Otherwise, in in the the and it's, and it's not just um, Latinos. The youth segment is extremely fickle and they're extremely media savvy. You know, they can spot something 
from a mile away. If they don't like it, you're, <laughs> they can turn you off because they've got choices now. How would you suggest that they become involved? Uh, you, you, you know, to, just take a look around and what's going on in the community, you know, and uh, you know, you got to go out there and talk, talk to people, see what's going on. I mean, that's that's how we came up with our formula. And you know, from from an advertiser's perspective, instead of doing the traditional, and, and that's something that's been talked about more and more, that where instead of doing a traditional 30-second TV spot of that advertiser's product, what we do is we can do a you know four or five-minute segment of that advertiser's product, but do it in an entertaining way. Uh, that's what uh, a lot of people have talked about as branded entertainment, where you cover a product, but we do it with the with the uh, with the youth demographic in mind of why it would appeal to them. Is there an example you could share with us, Noah? Uh, yes, on on the website. Uh, if you go to the website and you go to Barrio 305 TV. Under Barrio Culture, there's a segment that we did uh, with that for Alpine Electronics. So you go to Barrio305.com. Yes, Barrio305.com, and then you select Barrio305 TV, which is the section there. And then uh, under there's you'll see our video player. That's what ha- has our channel of all the different video segments. Uh, there's a segment there that's called Barrio Culture, uh, and in that segment, uh, you can see one from Alpine, uh, and that's a, uh, a, a four-minute piece on, on that particular product. So this is an advertisement paid for by Alpine in which you share information about Alpine products that's of interest to your audience. Oh, or any other advertiser. They... If they would want to do, uh, for example, another example would be that the body of, you know, the body of girls. We produce the swimsuit uh, models, so you could have an advertiser's towels uh, somewhere in the background or branded there, and that way, it, that product is not in your face advertising, but it's basically in the background in the video shoot and in the in the photos. And how is this different from a regular ad that they might place in a mainstream media outlet, such as cable programming or or a Hispanic? Well, a regular a regular ad is limited normally to however the network has it, 30 seconds, uh, 15 seconds, and that ad is usually in between uh, the, the segments of of a show. Whereas with Barrio 305, the actual four-minute segment is the entertaining part, and in there is where we have the, uh, the advertiser's product. And, of course, the audience can watch that video as many times and whenever they want. Oh, yes, and that's another big part, our reporting capabilities, where with that advertiser, we could actually tell them how many times that particular video has been watched. What kind of costs are associated with those advertising opportunities. Can you share maybe an, a range of prices? 
Uh, it depends on how elaborate the campaign is. Uh, if you do a big uh, production shoot, uh, let's say you know, typically we could do you know on a big on a big production shoot of uh, models, we'll do a whole day photographing five models in one day. Or you could do, and, and so that's a big budget because it's, a, it's an all-day shoot, and then you've got five models, so you've got five segments. Uh, that could be one option. Another option would be uh, that piece to where you just have uh, you know one uh, three or four or five minute segment uh, that's produced uh, that's only that one. And then uh, how many times uh, you know how you market that? How many times we we stream that? Uh, so it, 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 there is no set formula. Everything's really customized to how much. Uh, exposure the advertiser wants. What's, for example, the most affordable segment that you could offer someone? Are we talking about $1,000, $5,000, $10,000, or cost per viewer? How, how do you break it down, for example? Uh, well, you have the production cost, and then you have uh, how many times uh, that video is watched, and that would be ongoing the same as banner ads. Banner ads is, are based on how many how many impressions that banner ad is is seen. So that could be ongoing. Yeah, again, that that, that question it, it really depends on what the project is because in a case like this you're actually working closer uh by the three or five is working closer with the advertiser to develop a segment. Um, so it's like if, if the advertiser has in mind a location um, and that location involves traveling or it's a location in Miami but it involves renting a location, so on and so forth. Those are all costs. It's like no two projects are alike um, and it just depends on, you know, what, what exactly the story is that you're trying to tell in this segment. So, What would you say is the biggest challenge that you as groundbreakers Right, you're among the first ones to break into this segment, targeting Latino youth with broadband video and mobile technology. What would you say are some of the biggest successes and some of the biggest challenges that you face? Well, the challenge is educating uh, educating the advertiser and the sponsor about this medium because it is it is a very new technology uh, and it, it's more a, a couple of things that we talked about today uh, also educating them as to what's happening with reggaeton uh, and, and the whole uh, genre and, and the whole uh, Latino youth segment uh, once that is uh, and, and with fortune 500 companies uh, those uh, divisions that are targeting the Hispanic market uh, even some people in those divisions do not have uh, do not have that. So what they do is they do uh, they they refer to uh, the Hispanic ad agencies for that. So in a sense, we uh, we work the best is to work with an ad agency, a Hispanic ad agency that understands that market. Uh, now, aside from that, is technology and the concept of uh, broadband video. Are your videos also available to download, for example, on MP3 players like iTunes? 
Antonio? Yeah, actually, we we embrace um, we embrace all forms of uh, distribution, and yeah, actually, we, our podcast, uh, video podcast, so on and so forth, are not only downloadable but also embeddable, um, such as they can, you know, they can. Vitu three hundred five's programming is no longer confined to just Vitu305.com. Um, through uh, viral media, um, we can now get our programming out into basically where the audience is, where, where the youth segment is online in other areas, and that's done through viral media, viral media which can also be tracked, by the way. Um, so once it leaves our domain, we can still track how many times it's being viewed. So What is so viral be, media? Well, to be more specific... Uh, it's like, uh, you want to elaborate more on something on a, on a social network site, Antonio? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, on the social, on the friend, Noah? Yeah, the friend. Or the social or, network in general, or embeddable the, media. Yeah, embeddable media and social networks, like how, like which other sites are we... For instance, uh, right now, by the theory of programming, uh, th those players, um, we now provide... Um, uh, code at the bottom of it um, that that users can basically copy and paste into their own blogs or into their own profiles, depending on which on what social network they're using, uh, and so on and so forth, um, so that they can basically have content on their profiles now. Um, and the content that they have is Bido305's programming. It leaves Bido305's domain, but the feed is still coming from us, so we can still track how many times it's viewed. Does that clarify it? Somewhat, but I think I'm not completely clear on what is you were talking about viral technology. Yeah. See, are, okay. Are you familiar with um, um, sites like MySpace? This is a very popular youth site where yeah. they have basically a space where they put their information. Yes. And, well, not only do they put their information, they also like to design their own um, profiles, so on and so forth, colors, fonts. Um, they share videos, photos. Um, we, uh, you know, Bodies Year 5 also runs a social network of its own like that where profiles, uh, uh, where people create their own profiles, so on and so forth. What is becoming extremely popular uh, within the last, uh, I'd say, within the last couple of weeks or maybe months or so, is uh, embeddable video clips um, uh, through flash video. So we now make Vita 305's content, Vita 305's um, players embeddable for these social networks um, because. Uh, Everybody's, if everybody's publishing online, if everybody's posting stuff online, they're going to want to put up programming that they, that they like online. It's no longer about putting up a pretty JPEG. Now they can actually put up a Body of 305 channel on there and show it off. They can one-up everyone else because now they have a whole channel of Latino youth programming on their profile. And, um, the, the way we can differentiate this uh, is what, what's called syndication, where our programming, and that's, again, the nature of the Internet. Uh, one of our strategic directions is not to just have our programming on our website alone. We actually have our programming 
we syndicate it in other places, such as MySpace. And that is another very um, important strategy because traditionally, you know, in television, you go you go to one channel to watch that channel. Well, with the Internet, you go to Body305.com to watch Body305's programming, but we've also made our video programming available to other websites like uh, MySpace, and in MySpace, users can host that player in their own profile, and that's what you mean by that's what we mean by viral syndication because it's syndicated, but it's also viral because uh, users, anybody in MySpace, can copy that code and paste it on their profile. And you are able to track how many times they use that, how many times they view that, etc. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, and, and then in um, I, mean, if, I don't know I guess uh, on a side note or if you if you have that player on on your site, Elena, mm-hmm. yes. then that's how people will be able to relate to that because that player they can click play and they'll see that it's the, the same programming we have on our site, but it's no longer in our website. It's on your it's in your site and they'll see that. And how does the player track that? Is, is there some sort of a cookies program following that? It's not cookies. It's just when it's, it's being streamed from the server on, on the, on the, at the main location. So it knows every time it's being viewed, it, it got viewed like that. So because it's not it's, a cookie. It's getting downloaded, essentially. Right. It's getting streamed. It's not downloaded. It's getting streamed. It's not the, downloaded is when, you, when it saves it on your hard drive. So in this point, it's not being, it's just being streamed. And that's the other important aspect of it is that the bandwidth cost is not, you're not being charged for that. It's we're absorbing the cost because the advertiser will pay for it or, or it, it, it'll be absorbed. The bandwidth cost will be absorbed by us. Essentially, we're making our feed available to our audience. So, you know, if, you know, before, before, you would only offer feeds to larger organizations, but you know we're we're very well aware that you know maybe you can offer a feed to a thousand people each that has you know uh, 500 friends. You know that there is worth just as much as uh, targeting one organization that has 500,000 members. It's really about being aware of what's going on in the youth segment and how the internet is being used. Uh, with social networks um, that, uh, you know, we watch it very closely and we figure out, uh, we understand it, and, you know, we figure out how that applies to the type of programming that we're applying, that we're delivering online. Well, Antonio and Noah, thank you for joining us. And to our audience, thank you for listening to today's interview with Antonio and Noah Otalvaro, Chief Creative Officer and Producer and Lead of Business Development Information Technology and Marketing Strategies, respectively, for Barrio 305, brought to you by Hispanic Marketing and Public Relations, HispanicMPR.com, providing you essential information on America's largest minority. For more information on how to reach Hispanics with marketing and public relations tools, visit our resources section at www.hispanicmpr.com. That's www.hispanicmpr.com.